Hey everybody, this is Let's Do Summerfield of Metal Gear Mondays coming at you before the episode. Whoa, please don't hit that 15 seconds ahead button. Uh, essentially, what I'm trying to say right now is that I wish we could patch podcasts like we can patch video games. Uh, we kind of can, but not really. So what I'm going to say is you're going to hear a lot of gibberish and nonsense about some like Forever and Astronaut Patreon or... I don't know what, because this is forever ago. What you need to go to is patreon.com slash Metal Gear Mondays or Facebook or SoundCloud Metal Gear Mondays. Uh, Twitter at Metal Gear Monday for the real deal um, and all the latest news. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode two of Metal Gear Mondays. I am Alessia Summerfield. I'm Sam Wright. Cameron and Isaac. Is this is gonna be a running thing. Like the two of us are like last name. Yeah, who knows? Oh, but regardless, I, this is episode two. I regardless, I think you guys are a little too that. eager to hand out like really personal information over the internet. <laughs> um, I've actually deleted my Facebook account and I've changed my. All my passwords to a couple things, and I played the, a couple The boxes. internet at large has known our last name for the last four years. Oh, probably longer than that, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> I changed all my passwords to Fox Die, all capitals. So <laughs> if you guys want, just go ahead and try it out. <laughs> and we may find out about that in this episode. However, I'm going to be honest with everybody. Just to refresh my memory, I may have to pull up, like... A walkthrough, just to make yeah. This sure is I where this is where my 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 memory of of the game is a little fuzzy. Mm. Hold on, real quick, Isaac. What the fuck did you just share? What are you talking about? Okay, that's going in the show notes just because I need somebody to tell me what I'm fucking looking at right now. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> what the actual fuck is that? Is that Hideo Kojima? <laughs> It looks like it, but I don't think it is. <laughs> All right, for everybody at home, it is totally just a picture of somebody sitting on a toilet and then somebody aimed towards a toilet. <laughs> but it's the same guy, so I don't know which one is step one. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like it's like one of those Japanese mangas. You read it from right to left. So that... Or it's like the new iOS 9 update. <laughs> it's like, No, I think I understand what's happening. Like It's a toilet for handicapped people, so like the bars are so you can get on the toilet. <laughs> And there's no, like, you see how there's, like, a gap in between the bowl and the back of it? Mm. So they can spin around on the toilet and be able to sit on it like a proper person. Uh, like a proper it's a sink, person. too. It's a sink, too, so you can wash your hands without getting up. Fucking cripple, you better sit like a proper oh. fucking person. <laughs> <laughs> the way you said proper person, sorry. Good goddamn. <laughs> I'm, I'm really person. not that mean. Like, I, I feel like I've said some vulgar things. In the past hour, but don't listen to him. All right, so let's go ahead and get back on topic real fast. No. Um, <laughs> like the wind. Please. So real quick, just to give a shout out because I, I don't want to use something without citing it. Um, this shout out goes out to Bilbo Boy. What? Because um, I'm using his Metal what Gear Solid. What the fuck did you just call me? <laughs> I'm using his Metal Gear Solid FAQ uh, walkthrough to double check my memory. <laughs> Oh but yes, Bilbo Boy on GameFacts.com. All right, Bilbo Boy. Thanks, Bilbo Boy. I Bilbo, I had Bilbo to check Bilbo Boy. Bilbo Boy once. <laughs> Bilbo Boy. Ahoy, hoy, hoy. Oh. oh, man. I, okay. Isaac, did you ever have to use a walkthrough? Oh, like halfway through, I was, you know, 
on the the game fact site. Good question. The whole time, yeah. Mm. Thank you. Use a walkthrough. Thank you, Alessio. I appreciate that you acknowledge that my question was a valid question. Senpai noticed oh, was, me today. It was better than valid. It was. <laughs> it, was it was mainly for uh, figuring out the bosses because I had a lot of trouble with them. All yeah. of them. All of them? It would seem like. Well, not all of them. I, We're close to our first one. Yeah, I don't think I ran into too much trouble. But uh, really quickly to answer your question, I only had to check a guide once. And this, I will mention this later. Okay. And I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there. You guys are both dickheads for not checking me as the guide. At this I, time, you were at, I wanted you to. Were at a concert. So <sighs> I felt like I shouldn't text you. You were having time with your significant other. With my waifu? You want you want to under, you gotta understand something here. Alessio just told us last episode that he interrupted their dinner to watch a Persona Five trailer. <laughs> so I think that you probably could have messaged him at a concert and asked about Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> just put it I... just put all caps Metal Gear Solid at the top of the text. Urgent so Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Assistance required. Urgent, just urgent just start message. everything with like codec one four two point seven eight and then you know Yo, fuck Colonel. Side note. So after 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 the DARPA chief has his little heart palpitation and dies, um, we exit the cell. Meryl's all like, well, well Meryl's all like creeping and hiding. And I did this shit where um, when the door first opened, I was like, I'm not gonna go out there. I know what's gonna go down. I'm gonna hang out in here. I'm gonna look around. Um, so I just hung out in the in the prison cell for a little while, and then finally I stepped out because I was like, the game is not gonna continue until I get out of this cell. And uh, then there's a little shootout at the door. What are you waiting for? Shoot! Don't talk to me like a rookie. And it sounds like you guys had some similar experiences, Cameron and Isaac. Can you tell me a little bit about the shootout mini boss? Was this a boss? Well, no, it's not like an official boss, but it's kind of like a little mini. It's like an mini intro. boss. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> it's a little scripted event, if you will. Um, uh, back from the episode one, I guess. Uh. I think I said I had trouble in the beginning, so uh, yeah, I didn't know how to work the gun very well, and I died quite a bit, and then uh, Alessio came to the rescue and helped me out, and that was my experience with <laughs> the mini-boss. Did it work? I'm pretty sure I just... Did, oh yeah, I saw you beat it. Never yeah, mind. you told me how to do it, and I was like, oh, that makes sense. Because I was like... What about you, Cam? Oh, trying sorry. to aim, and then hit the fire and that didn't work so uh i had a different experience because i could not call upon the alessio coon <laughs> i need to give you guys just a whistle that has, like mgs like carved into it i just i need a little flute like a little white ranger to play for you like, <laughs> you play like the dress up like you summoning the dragons or like but like the the flute signal is going to be like schism from tool i'll be like but, um, <laughs> and then I come out of the ground at your feet. <laughs> um, but all right, so this is. The, I hear you needed help with Metal Gear. <laughs> How may I be of assistance? Anytime it's like on Metal Gear related, you're like heavily penalized for calling upon Alessio King. But, um, all right, like I'm sorry, Alessio Senpai. Come on, say. I steal um, your firstborn. 
<laughs> sorry. Continue, Cameron. I apologize. If you steal my firstborn, is my next my firstborn? And what happens if I call <laughs> upon you again? You'll have to read the, the contract for that. Right. Oh, God. Nobody reads that. Send me that in PDF form, because I definitely skipped over <laughs> some things. Will do. All right, my, my experience with this was I died a shit ton. And I could not uh, I could not grasp the concept of whatever the hell Metal Gear shooting thing is, and I still don't understand. Like I, I had a lot of problems with this in the in the future, but um, eventually I was like, hold on, maybe uh, Snake is giving me literal advice when he's talking to Meryl, and he just says shoot, shoot, and I just like started rapidly mashing the button and moving the controller, and eventually everyone died. Sounds like a pretty legit show. And it eventually worked out, but like at the end of it, I was like, wow, I feel like that was a tutorial on how to shoot and aim, but I didn't do it, so I am now fucked for the rest of the game. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. So the way that it kind of works is like when you're generally facing the enemy's direction, if you very lightly like hold or tap, mm. I think it's tapping, if you tap, and you're facing the enemy, he'll just, like, auto-target. Mm. And every time you tap after that, he's, like, locked to that position. Okay. I felt like there was... I, I felt like any time that I, that I auto-locked, like, there was a little bit of a delay in between, like, auto-locking onto the next target. And in between that time of me auto-locking onto the next target, I would get shot, and I would have to, like, kind of reset everything. Um, mm. And I felt like of the two rations that I had at that point, like I didn't know how valuable they were at the time. I didn't want to lose any. So I I just said, let me go. Let me go all the way. And I did. Yeah. I know they drop ammo and rations when they die, the guards, mm. like all of them it was, in that section. It was a little random, I think, like I was getting a mixture of ammo and rations. But um. Yeah, I mean, I, I found that out, like, after I decided to go really hard and just, like, mash the button like I was playing Call of Duty or something. Mm. Real quick question. Everybody raise your hand if you got blown up by the grenades. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all raised our hands. That's me audibly raising my hand. <laughs> yeah, that shit, like, it would always happen so fast where it was like, grenades! And then it'd just be like, oh, what? And then, and I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Because you had to, like, run up to the door. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess another strategy would be, like, you could literally press up against the wall and then, like, aim down like you're trying to shoot all three dudes with one bullet. Mm. And you could just, like, fucking mash that square button, which becomes a theme later on. Um, mm. Though I think it's the circle button. Um, but, yeah, so after that, I, in my notes here, I kind of skipped a step. Uh, there's an entire fucking boss fight that I skipped over. Yeah, um, wow, I'm looking at your notes and shit, you missed a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I just tried. Like, I like you know, out. revolver fucking Ocelot? Yeah, like, uh, ar- arguably <laughs> wow. one of the most important characters in the whole series. Um, Spoiler so, alert. Shit. Oh, shit, dog. Shit, dog. I thought he was a scrub. <laughs> <laughs> but you go down to floor B2, and you are... I can't remember exactly what you're looking for. I think you're you're still looking for um, the arms tech president. Yeah, Baker. Um yeah, uh, what is his first name? Kenneth. Uh, Kenneth Baker. There we go. I was going to say Troy Baker, but that isn't. <laughs> oh, no. no, that's not correct. Yeah. Though Ocelot and Troy Baker, th- those connect fairly well. Really? 
Ocelot is voiced by Troy Baker in later games. Oh my god. Or in latest games. Specifically games. one game. Yeah. He also <laughs> voiced <laughs> Joel in The Last of Us in Italian in the Middle yeah. Earth Shadow of Mordor. And also Keep Kanji on. Tatsumi in Persona 4. And also yeah. Jack Mitchell in Call of Duty Advanced War. Keep going, guys. And also n- n- Drake's brother in New Uncharted. And this is the end of this. And Snow in Final Fantasy XIII. <laughs> Not oh, the end of it, and also Joker. <laughs> <laughs> Double takes back. And also, and also, he did multiple things for, and now doesn't give specific names. There might that's already too long. Just cut that. <laughs> and also, Ocelot and Metal Gear Solid were back. <laughs> we're back, full circle, baby. All right. So anyway, you go down to floor B two, and I helped Isaac with this part as well. You're going around the armory, you're like, fuck, I know that Kenneth Baker is here, why is he not here? And then Colonel Campbell's like, Snake, you're taking too fucking long. Uh, I hear that they paved over the old wall where there was a room with some new materials. And Isaac was like, is it this? And it was actually really funny. Isaac kept pointing out like every little minute crack in the wall. Said, he was like, yeah. He was like, is it this? Is it this? And I was like, no, Isaac, it's not any of those things. Like, Go to first person mode. Like, You can tell. And I guess the color palette of the game... Makes it a little hard to tell, um, but there's like a little wall that you can blow out. Well, I used to, I used to subscribe to the you knock on the wall and it sounds different. Yeah, it does, and I told Isaac that as well. Cameron, did you have any trouble with it? Um, actually, the, the knock on the wall thing played a really big part in where I was in Metal Gear 1 uh, oh, yeah. while I was playing this. Because what I was doing is, on the Vita, I was playing Metal Gear 1 while I was at work. Uh, I was not working. And I was getting paid. You, you listen to this, um, I was getting paid to play Metal Gear One, which was really interesting. Um, that's a crazy dynamic. But um, so <laughs> I, I was getting paid to play Metal Gear One, and then I would come home and I was playing Metal Gear Solid. Uh, sadly, I was not getting paid for this portion um, <laughs> of the experience. <laughs> but uh, there was the knock on the wall. Like there's a particular point in the game with a character named Gray Wolf. Uh, which was uh, Gray, really, really Gray, cool Gray for me to experience that before I played Metal Gear Solid. Gray Fox. Um, Gray Fox, yeah, didn't I say that? You said Gray Wolf. Shit. Gray Fox. <laughs> Edit that in. Um, uh, yeah. um, I, I thought like there was a character named Gray Wolf that I didn't know existed for a second. <laughs> yeah, dude, this newbie's dropping some knowledge on you. Like the very first thing that I said, like I'm the newcomer. I just graduated from so college. So fresh, so hot. <laughs> I've got if shit was an you anime. know about. If it was an anime, Cameron would actually be schooling all of us. <laughs> but, um, no, like, so there's the knocking on the on the walls, but I definitely know what Isaac is talking about. I ran around in circles for a couple of times and was like, wow, this shit looks really similar. This is the first time that I kind of had to use the first-person view, aside from the vents. Um, but, yeah, I lost my point. I'm Sweat. sorry. No, no, you're fine. I, I feel like I had on too much alcohol up to this point, and I'm just I'm I'm still looking at pictures of Troy Baker, and I'm just wondering <laughs> like he's a beautiful man. Like, wow, this guy like obviously has heavily invested in his appearance, <laughs> and like, what is it to be like that? I've never experienced being like that. I don't know, just carrying that's so much like about a, I feel like that's like, like a burn, like a diss and a compliment at the same time. 
Yeah, I mean, like, it's cool that he has something that he's so dedicated to, but what it is is so fucking vain. It's shitty. <laughs> <laughs> he probably it, thinks this, this podcast is about him. Yeah, no, no, yeah. he's going to listen to all of it. I, he's going to be like, I, I, I really I, hope they mention me. I hope they really mention me, Troy Baker. Diving back in. So, Revolver Ocelot. Special Operations Fox Revolver Ocelot. You finally, you blow up all the walls, and you're like, shit, I can't use my radar here. And I felt a little paralyzed. How did you guys feel? Like, how do you mean paralyzed? Just like not having the radar makes me feel naked. Oh, yeah. Naked snake. Naked snake. I felt naked later having the uh, having my radar jammed. At this point, I don't think it really affected me because I looked on and you're kind of in like a singular hallway. Mm. Um, so I didn't feel it up until later. So you go in and you see the Armstech president and he's all like, I'm old and tied to this pillar and don't touch me because it will make all the C4 go off. And Snake's like, C4? Because he likes to repeat everything that everybody says back to them. Which is something we haven't touched on. Metal Gear. Yeah. You knew. Um, <laughs> but, the game's called fucking Metal Gear Saw. <laughs> but yeah, Snake's got a really bad habit of like, Snake, what are you doing out in the snow? And he's like, in the snow. Like he just like repeats the last two words of everyone's sentences back to them. So we encounter our first boss. His name is Revolver Ocelot. And he steps out of the shadows and he's like, hey, hey, hey. You must be the intruder everyone's been talking about. Blah, 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 blah. And he's like, I'm going to tell you the history of this fucking pistol because it's rad. And he's like, it's got six bullets, but that's all I need. And Cameron made the astute point that uh, Motherfucker reloads his gun like a hundred times during the fight. Yeah, so. I was really upset that he wasn't upset. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, how is, how is everyone's experience fighting Revolver Ocelot? Do you know how many fucking times I died trying I hear, to figure out I hear what that to a do? lot. I just punched him to death. What? Yeah. How'd like, you catch up to him? I just run after him, and when he stops to reload, I just, like, kick him three or four times. That didn't work for me. Because hmm. I, I follow the traditional, like, you're supposed to put the C4 in the corners and blow him up and then shoot him. And then, like, I struggle with the idea that, well, the C4 blows up and blows up the president because I'm too close to the bomb, so i got to put him far away. And it's just... Uh, mm. oh. Yeah, um, mine, mine was a bit different. Like, I realized that uh, I immediately tried the C4 and it blew up the president. So I was like, oh, C4 isn't an option. And quickly I realized that there is a pattern in, like, in relation to where you are, he will keep running, but if you stop, he'll stop. So I would stop for like a split second and then I could run. And it was, I don't know, it was painfully easily, uh, not painfully, that's a wrong word. Um, it was ridiculously easy to uh, beat this boss. Yeah, I will say shooting the SOCOM blindly, you can trigger the C4, which fucking sucks. Because I've done that a couple times way back like when I was just playing through it a bunch. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, but yeah, again, a boss fight that becomes totally trivialized in the Twin Snakes. Um, so I what? How does how do they do? Because I don't remember Twin like anything. You can literally person. just swap to first person and pop him in the head like three times without taking a step. Seriously? Yeah, it's ridiculous. That like, sucks. Yeah, you can literally just like wait for him to stick his head out from behind a pillar and just keep shooting him in the face. <laughs> um, 
But yeah, so obviously this game was not designed to be played completely in first person, so that's probably a part of the problem. But yeah, so the ninja comes out of nowhere, Snake's like, a ninja! And then the ninja cuts off Revolver Ocelot's hand, and he's like, My hand! And uh, then the ninja just like fucking cuts the president arm, uh, of arms tech clean off of the thing. Which again in Twin Snakes is totally ridiculous. The ninja's like, fuck cutting all these things, I'm gonna cut the building in half. Um, which he totally does, and it's bananas. Um, God, wow. God bless Dennis Dyack, man. Yeah, for sure, man. So anyway, um, arms tech presidents like blah 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 blah. Metal Gear uh, take this take this optical disc, um, and uh, essentially you're left there. The arms tech president dies of a heart attack again. And if you didn't again. catch it, yeah, if you didn't catch it the first time, everybody's like, why does everybody keep dying of heart attacks? Um, and so suddenly, does that look like a bullet wound to me? <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, and then you can shoot the colonel in the head. No, I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so at this point, I'm actually interested specifically with Cameron and Isaac, but also with you, Sam. So at this point, you're kind of left to your own devices and you have no fucking clue what to do except for these vague hints that, like, hey, you just got an optical disc, and everybody keeps saying, call Meryl, her codex on the back of the case. So for me as a kid, I was like, it must be on the back of the optical disc. Let me check out the summary in the inventory. And it didn't fucking say anything. Mm-hmm. So so I was really confused. What did you guys do, I guess, in this situation? Because it took me forever to realize, oh, wait, he means the actual fucking game case. Well, I well, had... Um, actually, you spoiled it for me, so I'll just leave it at that. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> I I told Isaac I was like, dude, you're gonna get real frustrated. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you. And we found it in the manual. There isn't actually a digital manual in the the PSN version, so that's pretty cool. Man, Isaac spamming the Alessio whistle. Mm-hmm. Hey, I did not. <laughs> I did not call that one though. Yeah, that one just that was a that one. <laughs> Oh, thanks, Alessio. Alessio Senpai spammed his own whistle. <laughs> well, the, the freebie has been used, and immediately whenever I first started this game, Alessio said, hey, by the way, you're going to be frustrated at this point in the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yep. yeah, that happened, but um, like I've mentioned before, it was another one of those like mind-blowing facts from way back when, that when people were like, oh, you haven't played this game, it does something so crazy like this. Uh, so to me, that was already ruined. And I knew that it was in the manual of the PS4, uh, the PS3 version. Um, so I just immediately checked that, and I was good. What about you, Sam? I actually remember vividly how I figured it out, because I had the box... And I remember it was sitting on a table next to me when I was playing in the living room. And I was trying to figure out what to do. And this was at a time where hopping on the internet and looking it up was not feasible or like a thing to do. So I just got so mad. I turned on the codec and I like flipped the case off of the table and threw it across the room. And I Jesus like. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I was mad, dude. I was eight. I was mad. Sorry, Corey. And it. And it landed with the face down, and I was mad. So I went outside for, like, an hour, and I came back, and I was calm. And I picked up the case, and I looked at the back of the box, and I saw Meryl in the number. 
And I was like, you must be joking me right now. And I threw the case again, and I started playing the game again. I'm going to go ahead and throw out there, apparently it's actually a pretty difficult thing for people to pick up on, because looking at this fucking FAQ from 2003, and I'm going to read this out loud again. This is Bilbo Boy. Quote, <laughs> after all the cutscenes have finished and the president is dead, exit through the door you entered from and go back to the armory. Before you do anything in this area, get out your codec and call Merrill on 140.15. I know her code is supposed to be on the back of the CD case that Baker gave you, but as I have yet to find out how oh to use God. the case, I thought I'd better put in Meryl's code before I get tons of emails asking me what Meryl's code is. Damn. Well, how did he know? Wow. So he literally probably just looked it up online. But yeah. that's bananas that he wrote. Like this in 2003. Yeah, he wrote an FAQ, which is like, come to me so that you know what to do. And he doesn't even like know how to do it in the game. That's weird. He probably did so, what like, you did. Okay, so I have since looked up uh, Bilbo Boy's guide, and I'm kind of following along with it too. Okay. Um, I'm excited to see how he describes Psycho Manus's boss battle. Yeah. Yeah. So, so welcome to the Bilbo cast. <laughs> Side note on the end of the Bilbo cast. Uh, we just started it. It's now. We're finishing it. Um <laughs> And this is probably off the record, but like whenever I had to look up the Bilbo cast, I I like I started moving through it, and then he's got he's got an email section, and the email thing was like send me questions if you're having problems, but if you're sending me anything hateful, I swear to God, don't fucking send it. And it was like it was like if you have anything bad to say about how I wrote my guide. Wrote my guy, don't send it. If you have any questions that aren't answered or that are previously answered in this guy, do not send it. And like he's got like this whole speech about emails, and it was just I don't know. To me, it was such a weird thing to read. But um, yeah, I mean, if, oh, yeah. if you guys if you guys are already on the Bilbo Cast page, you guys should totally check that out because it's Hell it's yeah. a strange thing <laughs> to see. If we follow it up until the end of the game, we will go ahead and read some of those out loud. Yeah, check that out. Um, It'll be good. We have level two card key. I forget to mention that you get the level one card key from Donald Anderson. Now you have the level two card key from the Arms Tech President. And um, if you discover the secret of Meryl's codec number, you will call her, and she will have this very cute animation where she takes the uh, terrorist mask off of her face. Whoa, and she, dude. And she talks to you. Well, it's a ski mask or whatever, military mask. Balac a balaclava, bro. Oh, that is what that is. Who are you? She's like, I'm not supposed to be talking to you right now, but blah, blah, blah. And so um, you go back up to like the tank hangar, and you realize that one of the tanks are missing. And she also calls to tell you that she's opened the door for you. Yep. Um, and you can also discover the thermal goggles if you haven't picked them up. You can grab the SOCOM suppressor if you want to silence your gun, and now you can just straight murder as you choose. <laughs> I, I have a story about that. So you know how they 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 um they uh shortened that to uh SPR or oh, S yeah. or however. So back in I think the it was day, like SUP, maybe something like that. But back in the day. One of my friends was like, yeah, you get that and it makes the SOCOM more powerful. I was like, what? Yeah, it makes it the SOCOM super. <laughs> and I, was, I totally, I was like, what? And I super bought into SOCOM. it for the longest. I didn't understand that it suppressed the shot. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's awesome. But yeah, so, and I don't think that there, is there a limit on the suppressor in MGS1? Or is it just forever suppressed? I think it's forever. It Th gets, That's yeah. broken as fuck. Okay, but yeah, so in later games, the suppressors kind of have like a... Like, a a, like an ammo count where it's like after 12 shots it goes away 
Um, I think in two it does not, but in three onward they do. Anyway, um, so you go past the camera, you go into this little hidey hole, um, and in this little hidey hole you can either use the thermal goggles, or if you're like me and you did not pick them up the first time, you will have to take out Snake's cigarettes, and you will have to... Yeah. You'll have to look for the lasers um, and and sort of determine the best time to run. However, the way that the camera perspective is tilted, it's really fucking hard to tell which lasers you're looking at. So, quick question. Who got trapped in the door and did not have a gas mask and died? Me. Me. Uh, me. me. I did not. Yeah, yeah Isaac, Dang. did you die in the... Quite a bit. The, ugh. Yeah. So then after that, we get through and we are on our second boss. Um, but not hey, before we get a call from a mysterious person. What you got? Real quick, before you get into your second boss, I just want to say, all right, so you meet Meryl and she runs off. Now, the conversation that you have with her is really, I don't know, it's kind of long and it's drawn out, but um, not, not in a bad way. Um, one of the first things that snakes, or she's like, oh, you're snake. You're the snake. I've heard so much about you. And he immediately says, like, oh, if you meet me in real life, you're going to be really disappointed. And, oh, yeah. like, so they continue to talk. And then at the end of the conversation, he's just like, so was I right? Are you really disappointed? And she's like, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I'm really disappointed. And, like, <laughs> the self-deprecation that Snake had in that conversation was just like, I don't know. That, that's whenever I really started drawing the codec. And I started like understanding that that's kind of where I don't know where like the strengths for this game lie in, but yeah. No, for sure. I would definitely say that Snake, with certain people, and it's interesting because like as a main character for a game series, everyone's always like, and that's what they got wrong with Twin Snakes. Everyone's always like, "Man, Snake's such a badass!" If they've never played the games, uh-huh. um, and in Twin Snakes, he is. He's like a supernaturally fucking strong badass. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that he's not like in the main games of the series, and this is kind of like a theme that's going to be in all the games. Snake's just really good at surviving. Mm-hmm. Like he's just like a normal dude who's good at staying alive. Yeah. Um, and we'll definitely talk about it towards the end of the game when there's kind of like the big reveal. But mm-hmm. yeah, and, Snake's not super special. Yeah. And side note, um, playing the first Metal Gear is like you start out and this is your first rookie mission. So like I saw Snake as like an incompetent person from the yeah. get go because this is the first game that I played before Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. No, totally. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting the way that they kind of do that. But yeah, Snake with certain characters, like with the Colonel and everybody else, they're like, man, he's a badass. But with other people who he meets for the first time, he's always just like, I'm kind of a piece of shit. Yeah, and they're all like really disappointed. But when they meet him, they're like, oh, you were this legend. And you're just kind of this guy that's like really perverted. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so anyway, we we go out into the snow and uh, we get a phone call from a mystery caller. Um, I do believe he goes by Mister X at first, and then says, yeah. "Actually, call me Deep Throat." Yeah, which is an allusion to the Watergate sc- scandal, um, which is weird because I feel like most of the people that were the right age to play Metal Gear Solid were not necessarily really observant of politics in the early nineties. 
So it's kind of a weird political kind of illusion to throw in there. However, Deep Throat being an informant, I guess it kind of fits. And he says, watch out, dog. There's there's mm. mines. Um, and so uh, did you guys go get the mine detector? Anybody? Yeah, I, I did. I uh, did. Yeah, I did. Okay, I totally yeah. didn't. I, I, yeah, I had that, and I don't remember him calling himself Mr. Mr. X. But I, yeah, he does make that reference. You're, to... see, no, you're, um, you're bleeding into two, Alessio. Oh, uh, okay. Because the, because, slight, slight spoiler for you guys, there is a mystery character in two as well. Um, and he said, he introduces himself as Deep Throat. No, oh, and, and then, then says, Call then me. says, find Mr. X then. Mm-hmm. So. Okay. okay. Oops. Okay. So anyway, but you guys did or did not get the mind detector? I did. Okay. I did. Yeah, I got it. Okay, yeah, so I, I remember the first time I was playing through, I was like, fuck, man, I don't want to backtrack because I don't know where that's at, even though I think it's in the armory. Um, and I just got blown up at one point. I was still laying flat, and for some reason I was like, I'm going to try crawling through this shit and taking it easy. And I realized that when you crawl, you pick them up. So I just never got the mine detector the first time I played, and I just crawled through and picked up the mines. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so then we enter our second boss fight, which is the tank. Uh, <laughs> how did you guys handle this boss fight? <laughs> oh my god. Aiming... Because you're supposed to throw the grenades into the cockpit, right? Yeah. Aiming... Oh my god, don't even... like. I have no words for how difficult trying to get those grenades in, that, <laughs> in there it was for me. It's interesting because it does do an auto-lock as well, kind of like the guns, but yeah. it's like very finicky. Yeah, and the tank's constantly moving, so it's a lot harder, too. Like, it's just kind of, oh. it's like, it was it was just very difficult. Even with the lock, it was just very difficult for me to figure out. Plus, it, when, I, when I first played, it took me forever to figure out that I needed to throw grenades into the tank in the first place. Mm. Yeah, so. how'd you guys do with your first time, Cameron and Isaac? Cameron? Uh, for me, it was not very difficult. I, I, I definitely died a couple times until I realized that, uh, chaff grenades turned it off and I guess this is the point where I realized that like chaff grenades are really the most OP item in the entire game and you use them for the remainder of the game um, no what do the chaff grenades do uh, jam radar yeah it, it jams no, no, the radar tank. yeah yeah it jams it to where he's not firing off the giant missiles that like oh. auto hit you like so so once you crawl past the where the mines are uh I don't know, there's kind of those, like, rocks. But once you get yeah. past a certain point, it immediately hits you and you die. But if you throw out a chaff grenade, it throws that off, and then they're only on, they're only on like, a gun, I guess. Uh, um, and it made it really easy to walk up. And my thing is, I, I immediately thought that I had to, like, plant grenades on, and I guess this comes from, like, thinking from futuristic games. So I went up to, like, plant a grenade on it and I realized that it didn't trigger any sort of like extra thing so I I guess I just like uh, put on grenades and threw it and it immediately went in and then that boss fight was like so easy from that point to where I realized that I just had to be really really close and then I and then it like automatically went in gotcha Isaac how was it for you um I kind of had similar experiences with um it same as Cameron, but backing up with the before you get to the boss with the mine field, whatever I could uh, not wade. I don't know how I, I don't know why, but I could not 
get through there without getting blown up at least once or twice. Well, there was no was. there was no mines on the uh, the side parts. It was like only the left side. yeah, the left side or the right side. There's no mines. Was there not? So like, I I would throw on the mine detector. I saw that they were just in the middle, and then I never equipped the mine detector. Oh, this. you know, I'm thinking about when we had when you have to backtrack. Um, then there are just mines everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, they yeah. mine the whole fucking place. And I, yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get through that. Anyway, so I guess I could get through. I don't know. I can't remember. It was. Yeah, um, and we we may kind of just like, I don't know. We may not necessarily like speed shit up and skip over stuff, but we may kind of like tackle it in sections. Yeah, kind of yeah. moving forward, just because there's a lot of backtracking, snaking shit coming up. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyway, forward. But- the boss, I mean, uh, tank, uh, it wasn't that hard because I figured out the, sh- the chaff grenade like Cameron did. And then once I figured that out, I could just, I actually didn't have a problem with, um, aiming the grenade into the, into the cockpit or whatever you call that thing. I did at first try to plant like C4 on the grin on the tank and I thought that would work, but it didn't do anything. So... Mm-hmm. Um, that's what's up. Yeah, but, did you guys? So, what did you guys think of uh, Mr. Vulcan Raven, who kind of <laughs> reveals himself as being the tank driver as you leave? Coolest guy. Vulcan Raven's my uh, guy's spirit animal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, I, I totally agree with saying like Vulcan Raven, coolest fucking dude out of the entire series thus so far. Your te- team Vulcan Raven. Yeah, for sure. Vulcan. Isaac, what do you think of Mister Mister Raven? I thought it was he was um, <laughs> he was a cool dude. As the Sioux people know, snakes have no honor. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. I was trying to remember the what he, he said. Raven on my head, thirst for your <laughs> yeah. blood. Dude. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man. man, that guy. Yeah this um, this was the uh, this was the first point in the game where it kind of became like metaphysical uh if that's the right word hell yeah where it's like a little a little <laughs> a little supernatural yeah yeah and like uh, i don't know he says that shit about the snake and how like ravens pick on snakes and i was like oh that's funny and then like i don't know it just kind of got really intense for me and i didn't i didn't know that metal gear was that kind of game up until that point when like Perfect. when the raven comes out of his head and you hear like in the distance and it's like so low it's like in the background I just I laughed and I I was like oh I love this <laughs> I don't know yeah the series gets real fucking I don't know it's weird the series kind of it does this cool realism plus fuck it throw everything to the wall like kind yeah of back and forth dance yeah for sure and that was the first instance that i experienced of that so it was great sweet all right so we're moving in we're moving into the nuclear building um and you can't shoot guns hell yeah dude that was crazy for me i was like i don't know how to sneak through here i can't use anything <laughs> um because i will say the first time i played through this game as soon as i got the suppressor on the socom I did not leave a single human being alive. <laughs> like I didn't alert anybody. Like I would just, I would go to first person view and I'd be like, there's a guy off my radar, but he's like straight ahead. And I would just be like, <laughs> and then I would hear him hit the ground and I was like, good. And I literally just like <laughs> murdered everybody. 
which is not the way that you're supposed to play based on how it scores you because I got a horrible score at the end of the game. But still, how uh, how about you guys when you got to the warhead room? Did it or the nuclear building? Did it fuck with you guys at all, or were you just like whatever? Um, originally I was like whatever because I was already at the point where I was just I was doing my best to sneak anyway. So it kind of didn't phase me when I first started playing it. This is it. Yeah, I was, I was the same way. I mean, I at that point I was. <clears throat> I don't think I figured out the gun very well at that point. So mm. or how to shoot. So I was like, I'm just gonna walk around a little bit, and it seemed to work all right. I guess. Nice. I uh, Cameron, what were your what was your experience like? Uh, pretty much the same. I, I guess at this point, like I was, I was under the impression that this was much more of a stealth game than it actually is. And um, wait, what was that, Sam? Was that a little, I didn't think. Oh, uh, I thought I thought I heard a little chuckle. Um, oh no! Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. Like uh, same same thing with Isaac. Like I wasn't really using the gun too much. So I guess I kind of become adapted to, I don't know, like it didn't phase me because I, mm-hmm. I was just sneaking through anyway. Gotcha. Um, I will say, so pro tip, and I totally, I think we ba- briefly mentioned it, that you picked up the cardboard box in the tank room earlier. Yep. Yes. Um, that's a good tool to use at this sort of point in the game because it's kind of the only item you can really equip. Um. Also, hopping in the truck with the box will take you back and forth to... Yeah, and depending on which box it is, you can get the truck to take you to different places. Yeah. Which... Super rad. Which, in the end, is one of the only reasons why I did not stop playing this game. Alright, interesting. Uh, Will we get to that later, or do you want to explain that now? Um, uh, we get to that later in a certain point of the game where you have to backtrack significantly and it really takes you out of the mindset of whatever it is that you're involved with. And I was like, wow, this is absolute bullshit. And I started to walk back and only then did I make the connection like, oh, you know, maybe I can fast travel with this. And I did. And if that had not worked, I would have stopped playing Word. Hmm. Um, speaking of backtracking, we get to the basement level of the uh, nuclear building. We get to basement two, um, and we discover that the floor is electrified and the room is full of gas, mm. which leads to again, as Cameron's been kind of hinting at throughout this whole playthrough, another sort of like copy pasted moment from Metal Gear One. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just like, oh shit, you may or may not have your gas mask at this point. Hopefully you do. Um, and you at this point absolutely have to double back to the armory. So we're going to fast forward real quick so that we don't fucking talk about everything. And you find the Nikita launcher at the armory and then you come all the way back. Um, what was you guys' experience trying to get through this floor, I guess? Isaac? Uh, for me it was... Oh, like using the Nikita? Yeah, like, I don't know, did it all click? Or? It was, I don't know, I couldn't get over the controls because of the whole speeding up and of the missile or whatever. And then I didn't realize you could go into first person mode or whatever. Mm. And so, uh, it, what? It, can't you go into first person mode? 
in the on the Nikita from, from the missile. I thought you could. I think you came with a stinger. I don't know if you came with a Nikita. Maybe you can. I thought I did that to. Anyway, that was that's down the road. But um, so yeah, it was a little difficult. I had died quite a few times, or not not die, but I had to reload up on those Nikitas. What about you, uh, Cameron? Um, for me, uh, I didn't know that you could go first person with those missiles. That's kind of the first time hearing about it. But uh, I did have. I did have the Nikita and I did have the gas mask. I didn't know that you had to backtrack for those. So um, uh, I guess I'd already found those at that point. But to me, um, the Nikita would kind of like almost go completely out of frame if you let it speed up to a certain point. Uh, so it was kind of aggravating. Uh, it, it's one of those things to where like, okay, so like with Dark Souls, games like that that are like modern I guess I feel like when you die, you know that it's your fault. But uh, a thing that I experienced with this game and, and older games in general is like whenever I died, it was like I was trying to figure out how the game actually works. Um, so if like if if I launched a missile and I could barely see it, it was off screen and it would like hit a wall. I was like, okay, well next time I have to know that that wall is coming. Um, well, that's kind of, I mean, I would say that is how Dark Souls is, because Dark Souls and, like, Castlevania games and all those older games, it's trial and error to, like, yeah. kind of learn from your mistakes. To to a certain extent, but with, with things like that, it's like, maybe I should know to check around the corner, so whenever I do die, it feels like it's my fault and I wasn't cautious enough to where, with certain aspects of Metal Gear, it's like I couldn't have known that that wouldn't have worked. Yeah, like memorization. Yeah, just just things like that with trial and error. And uh, so so eventually I figured it out, and it was like launch the missile, and if you, like, wiggle it around, it'll slow down. So I was just constantly, like, wheeling this missile, uh, yeah, kind of moving it in, like, an S format. But, um, yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty cool. And uh, going back to what we mentioned in the very first episode, um, like the surprise sound, this was the, oh, the yeah. absolute like coolest part to me in Metal Gear. It's like I walk out of the elevator and it goes like, and it, you know, it shifts over and I, I, I see the doctor and I'm like, oh, ho, ho. Um, yeah, that was, that was really cool to me. What's up? Sam, what you got? Anything different? Um, not not really. It it the trouble with me was that I also had no idea that you could like that it would you can go into first person with the missile. So it it would took me. I, I I to this day I cannot do that without being in first person. Word. I yeah. for me definitely echo everything that you guys said. But for me, I had to waste bullets taking out turrets because the turrets would shoot my missiles while they were trying to get to the box. Hmm. I didn't know that you could use missiles to take them out. Yeah, so like I would just waste a couple of missiles and just like blow them up and try and get like two at once and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, so we 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 get through that shit. The gas is still going, and then you uh, go through this little like escape hatch. And there's items littered throughout. So if you want, you can go back and get them. I don't think the gas ever goes away in this room. I think it's just like a permanent leak. Yeah, it's permanent. Um, but once you get to this little like airlock room and this is actually a funny story so the the before i got the disc buffed i had gotten a used copy of it 
And every single time I got to this airlock, it would like flip a coin. It would hold and just crash and be locked permanently. And so for the longest time, like, and still to this day, when I get to this airlock, I like hold my breath and I'm like, please don't crash. Please don't crash. Um, but then we see one of the coolest fucking cutscenes in like Metal Gear history, which yeah, is with the, the ninja the hallway. Ninja. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you guys feel about, let's just go ahead and like lump up this hallway and the boss fight all in like one big sort of event. Sam, how did you feel about this guy whenever you kind of encountered the series of things? This was the first time, like, I guess because we, we did kind of forget to mention a little bit earlier that Psycho Mantis shows up for the first time. Oh, that's right. Um, after you uh, fight that group of guys. Oh, uh, yeah. Um, and that was really weird. But this was the first time that it really clicked with me with the ninja. It was like, this game's fucking weird. And I love it. <laughs> <laughs> So that that's that's kind of the experience with um it it was uh and it's kind of like I did wind up with the tank I wound up figuring the chaff grenade so what kind of like Cameron and Isaac like the chaff grenade is my OP weapon of choice at this point in my life um so it's always the first thing I try mm. and at this point I was like I'm gonna throw this just in case and he started freaking out when you threw it and that's I was like wow okay cool so this is my catch all weapon I guess. So that one, that one was actually. I didn't realize that he was affected by that. Oh yeah, no, he like, oh, yeah. Kinda, like, yeah, for sure, oh, for just, sure. He, I is. just punched that dude in the face. That's like your go-to, isn't it? Yeah, dude. <laughs> I know it worked. It worked with the ninja. It's um well because where where the tank and ocelot was um kind of a challenge for me where Cameron and Isaac said that they were they didn't really have too much trouble with him. This was the first like I guess. I guess you'd call him a boss, um, where it wasn't hard for me to figure out. So Sweet. What about you, Cameron? Uh, to me, this is where I had my very first issue with the game in general, to where it was like, wow, that was a massive oversight, which is uh, you, you enter you enter the hallway in which he has just fucked everything up. And right before and during the signal is jammed, um, which is a universal signal for you just threw a chaff grenade. Um, And then, so whenever I got into this boss fight, I was like, okay, chaff grenades don't work on this guy because the signal is just jammed. And uh, like I I had an issue with him and I died and I, I threw a chaff grenade and I was like, wait a second, that shouldn't have just worked. Because whenever you throw a chaff grenade, he like he freaks out and like he's grasping his head. And I was like, well, why is he not doing that with the signal jam? And it's such a minute thing. And I know that it's kind of asshole to like focus on something like that. But um, I yeah, to me, that was the first issue that I had. Uh, but with with the actual boss fight, I think this is where I first started to figure out. Uh, patterns with boss fights and like how boss fights in general would end up going to where it's like okay let me figure out the pattern get them to a certain percentage of health they'll change and it'll get a little bit more frantic uh, you know repeat that process a little bit more um, I didn't have too much problems with this boss especially after I figured out that shaft grenades worked against this guy um, you would just kind of throw it he would freak out and like you i would just punch him in the face um 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you can shoot him. Um, I will jump in real quick, Isaac, before before we go to you. And I will say that um, there are a couple different points in the game where they mentioned that, like, the architecture of the building and, like, going underground and, like, being within certain, like, thickness of walls and stuff like that jam the radar signal. Mm-hmm. And so I would argue that that hallway is jammed because it's, like, a protective hallway to keep Otacon from being able to communicate with people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the reason why the chaff grenades fuck with the ninja is because he's got way more electronic shit going on than just radar, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I, I, I figured out why it worked against the ninja, but mm-hmm. I didn't figure out why prior to me throwing the chaff grenade it was it was disabling my radar. But no, I mean, what you what you say makes valid sense, and I didn't think about that. Nah, for sure. But it doesn't fucking make sense later in the game that you're throwing chaff grenades to do something to Metal Gear and he's able to function. But we'll get to that when we get to it. Um, Isaac, what did you think of the ninja? Um, I thought he was pretty crazy. Um, Hurt me more. I know. I was <laughs> like, okay. Okay, if you want. Yeah, um, there, there's some definite homoerotic things going on. And uh, uh, once again, yeah. like, shout out to Watch Out for Fireballs. If you listen to that, like, they make references all the time to, like, the homoerotic things in this game. But, yeah. Yeah. It's like Top Gun, baby. <laughs> but I could I don't know. At first, I couldn't figure it out. I was, like, shooting at him, and I know he was saying... Um, what does he say? Bullets can't hurt. Bullets can't hurt me, or whatever. Oh yeah, and he's um, like blood, sinew. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I was I looking at his health, and when every time I shot him, a sliver of health came off. I was like, oh, I guess this is gonna just take forever. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept shooting at him. So but Isaac then, just grinded it out. <laughs> but I mean, it wasn't gonna work. So then I had to try a different route, and that's when I used the chaff. Mm. Um, Man, I need to just remember, like, when in doubt, chaff yep, that. Chaff yeah, man, how have you got When in doubt, chaff it out. <laughs> how have you got through this game without the chaff? Yeah, I don't know. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's uh, something that Isaac said with um, just, like, chipping away at his health and being like, God damn, this is going to be a long fight. <laughs> um, that's something I kind of fell into with the remainder of the boss fights to where it's like, okay, I figured out how you work. I feel like I've got the formula, but it's taking way too long to get rid of you. Yeah. Yeah. Word. yeah. Well, we will be seeing that shortly, um, and this we will is, talk about that soon. So this is where we meet um, meet uh, Otacon, mm. wetting himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Little pee-pee boy. <laughs> Your uniform is different from theirs. You're the Metal Gear Chief Engineer, Hal Emmerich, right? You know me? A little, a little bit of, a little bit of pee-pee play. <laughs> and we also get to see a bunch of cutscenes from Police Knots as mech cutscenes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love the idea of a dude who got into robotics specifically because it reminds him of his Japanese animes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't like, know, there's something about that that I adore. <laughs> I relate to Otakon. He is my spirit animal. Much like Vulcan <laughs> and, and <for> <laughs> They're very similar. Simultaneously, both. <laughs> Simultaneous spirit animals. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and also if you look carefully in the room, there is a Sony PlayStation with a controller in the corner, mm-hmm. which is replaced with a GameCube and a Yoshi statue in the Twin Snakes. 
Oh, that's cool. Um, and there's a police knots poster, and I think that's about it. But yeah, so we discover Otacon. He is the scientist who they've been imprisoned to, who's been working on Metal Gear, and they're using the terrorists are holding him hostage to use him to detonate the nukes. Mm-hmm. And Snake's like, "Why are you pissing yourself, boy?" And Otacon's like, "I'm sorry, Dad." And they become friends. <laughs> and our next mission quest becomes gotta find that booty. Sweetie, uh, sweetie, hey. coming for that booty, guys. I'm really sorry. I feel like I might be talking a little bit too much, but I do have some things to say about Otacon. Dude, drop it down. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, one of the things uh, previously when we talked about this with Snake repeating things, when you first meet Otacon, you say, I'm not interested in you. I'm interested in your mind. Tell me about Metal Gear. And he says, huh? Metal Gear? Like, he's never heard of the fucking thing before. And I think this is where it kind of clicked for me that uh, certain key elements in the story, they they repeat them. Um, which, which I think is a little ridiculous. Um, in certain aspects, I, I feel like they... Ah, fuck, I should have formed. I, I should have formed my thoughts prior to this discussion. <laughs> but um, no, you're fine. Uh, okay. Uh, problem with this game series is, I feel like in certain areas they assume the worst possible scenario for. I mean, possibly just Americans in the remake of like not being able to grasp certain things and like having to have things repeated to them. But uh, in the case of, like, saying, huh, Metal Gear? What? Fox die? Foxhound? And just, like, repetition over repetition. Um, but then certain aspects of the game that were, like, really difficult to grasp, uh, they didn't really touch on them too terribly much, um, which comes into play with, like, Sniper Wolf and just being like, oh, we need a, we need a fucking sniper rifle. Good luck. Um and not yeah. not realizing that I have to backtrack to literally the first thirty minutes of the game um, okay. was a little frustrating, but uh, that was one of my things with Autocon, and I forgot the second one. I think technically with the Metal Gear thing, <laughs> he's surprised that you know about it because no one's supposed to know about it. Mm. So like I don't I didn't I didn't read it as like. Metal Gear? What the fuck is Metal Gear? I had read it as like a Metal Gear. How do you like, know? How about do you Metal know Gear? about Metal yeah, Gear? Yeah, yeah, I can see that, but I do notice that he does it uh, later on in the conversation, and call uh, Colonel Sanders will do it later in. <laughs> what did you just say? <laughs> what the fuck did you just say? Out, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> Please. No, that's committed. Holy that is shit. committed to tape. But uh, oh no, like uh, just in general, later down the road, Colonel Campbell suit. <laughs> Multiple characters repeat themselves, and it's yeah. all story-driven uh, key plots. I guess it's ja- it's a Japanese thing. They do that shit in like nine 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 and really? Phoenix Rise and all kinds of shit. I don't know. I just feel like it's a very, like, Japanese thing to do, where they're like, this thing that we don't think you'll grasp, let's say it a hundred times. Oh, okay. I don't know. I'm not making excuses for Kojima-san. I'm just saying. Um, Isaac, how did you feel about Otakon? Anyway. In what regard? uh, As a character. Oh, in that regard. Um, 
His body. Tell me about his physique. <laughs> what did you think? I, I want to know about cute. his body. <laughs> Cameron? Oh, no, it's Isaac so who, who thought that Solid Snake was cute. Well, I just, I mean, his movement, he was just like, I'm going to swim a little bit. And then I'm talking about Snake, not Otacon, <laughs> by the way. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I liked cute. Otacon. He was seemed to know his stuff, so yeah, <laughs> I had no argument with him. <laughs> hey. Isaac, was, Isaac was like, I have nothing to correct about this man. Uh, I mean, uh, aside uh, from the peeing and whatever that he did, I mean, I can't peeing? blame him, but... Wait, what peeing? Didn't he uh, wet himself? He peed himself. himself. Oh, I guess he does, yeah. Uh, yeah, he like he literally wet his britches like a little doo-doo baby. <laughs> in, the, uh, in the closet, like a little doo-doo baby, yeah. Yeah. Um, like a little my, doo-doo baby. My other thing that I wanted to ask about Otacon, I, uh, Isaac, I'm especially interested to hear if you thought this. Okay. okay uh, right before Otacon leaves, after you meet him, he is like, hey, if you ever need any rations or ammunition, hit me up. Oh, yeah. And then, like, anytime that I'm I'm low, which is mainly towards the end of the game, I try and call him, and he, like, wants to talk about some totally unrelated shit. And I'm like, <laughs> no, I want to, like, ask you for rations. Like, I don't know. Did you get that idea? I never, that- I never asked him about it. I, I just thought it was, like, a you know, common courtesy. Just, she wants some rations? <laughs> call me. If, you, if you wait long enough in, a, in an area after you call him, he will show up uh, with oh. a camo. Really? And he'll drop it off. Yeah. Wow. How it's long? Just you have to wait for him to like. I don't know. Like it's like a quote unquote like like, like what you think it would kind of take depending on where he's at. It's not like oh. a crazy long time. But if you just like hang out, like you'll just see like a little like predator silhouette kind of like come up to you, and you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, so um, so it's which more of like fail safe. Yeah, dude. It's interesting. Which leads me to I'm really excited to talk to you guys about what you did after Sniper Wolf. So let's push real quick. Mm-hmm. So we're following that booty, that poolside booty, if you know what That's I'm talking what about, Cameron. Um, and we're trying to figure out where the hell Meryl went to, and this is kind of a weird scene where, and I don't know how long it took you guys to find her, but it took me a little bit the first time I played. But you have to like go and hang out in a zone and look for the guard that like walks like an over-exaggerated woman walk. Yeah. <laughs> and when you see that guard with that big white girl booty swishing those hips, uh, you have to make yourself a parent. uncomfortable. Yeah, you have to make yourself a parent to her. And she goes, <gasps> and then she runs away. And uh, I don't know if you guys discovered this or not. If you run fast enough, you can... Catch, Catch up to her, her in her under britches. Yeah. Girl, the polygon. What? Yeah, if you run after Meryl and follow her to the bathroom quick enough, she will not have uh, enough time to get changed. Yep. Oh. So she'll be in her underwear. Wow. Yeah. yeah. And as a, like, I don't know how old I was. What was it, 1998? As, like, a 11-year-old? No. No, wow. not a 10-year-old. As a 9-year-old. As a 9-year-old. I'm bad at math. 10-year-old. <laughs> As a nine-year-old boy, I was just like, this makes me feel interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Once um, again, yeah, this makes me feel some sort of way. I felt a certain way. Yeah, you. Yeah. But then she does this really weird shit where she goes, hey, Snake, I've got the key card that you need. And he's like, where did you hide that? And she's like, oh, women have places. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know where she means. <laughs> this oh, pussy. <laughs> This is the second part of the game where I had to save because I had to take a break. 
and I had to go to my computer and I had to take care of something because oh. she was talking about that hiding place. Oh. That came out. Right. That came out wrongly. That totally wasn't. <laughs> Did you find it, Cameron? It was totally unrelated. Um, Cameron found himself in the hiding place. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and so then we venture off to fight the Psycho Mantis. And for those of you playing at home who've never played the game before, Psycho Mantis is a psychic who can read your mind, and when you're trying to fight him, he knows exactly what you're going to do before you're going to do it, and you can't fucking damage him. So it's a little bit of a, what do I do? So yeah. So it gets super meta. Yeah, how'd you guys, how'd you guys, how'd you, like, Cameron, I guess it was spoiled for you, um, so I'm interested. Isaac, was it spoiled for you what to do? Um, Bilbo told me. Ah, oh, Bilbo boy, <laughs> unofficial sponsor of the Metal Gear podcast. <laughs> he just couldn't keep his mouth shut, and he just that son of a bitch. All the way he was from spamming the Bilbo Hobbiton. whistle. I am <laughs> Hobbiton, Hoboten, New Jersey. <laughs> I'm gonna link to this kid's like game FAQ account and just make him like the unofficial sponsor. <laughs> I wonder if he's right. done anything else um, with me. I was getting I was getting frustrated with the idea of what to do, so I guess the I don't guess the colonel tells you eventually if you call him enough times. And what my thing when I got stuck in this game was I would just sit on the codec and call people, and I wouldn't necessarily do it because I figured they'd give me information. I just do it because I felt like I needed to do something, and I just called this colonel a bunch of times, and he eventually told me he was like, "Well, try plugging your controller into two into port two. And like, I was like, okay. Mm. So I did that. <laughs> That's awfully forward of you, Colonel. <laughs> like, what if he was just like, take off your fucking pants, Sam? <laughs> Put your penis in the PS1. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the cool thing, the cool thing, because uh, Cameron and Isaac, how did you guys play it? How did you guys play the game? Oh, on for me, it was on the PS3. Yeah, I was playing it on the PS3 as well. You have to like, I think that, you have to go into the menu th- and like... Like change the yeah, controller tell section. It to change it to yeah. Two. Well, well, this one has nothing to do with the controllers because I I knew about that. This one is um, and I think he does do it for the PS3 too for certain games. But if you have like Konami oh, games on your memory card, he'll talk about. So you like to play Castlevania? Yeah, and like it's the weirdest shit. <laughs> but like he'll do it with certain PS uh, PS3 games too. I think. Yeah, think? mine was uh, mine was pretty barren. My thing, and uh, I, I eventually looked it up, and he'll only talk about Konami-related games because they couldn't get the license from other games, uh, like trying to release it. But um, so I didn't have anything Konami-related. Like I've strictly used my PS Store for like old classics, like uh, Final Fantasy games and things like that. So he was just like, "Wow, you're a blank slate. Like you must really enjoy Metal Gear for this to be the only game that you're playing." And, yeah, that was kind of interesting. But like Cameron um, said, I don't even like this fucking game. <laughs> that's not what I said. Nah, I'm, kidding, um, I'm kidding. But uh, he was also just like, wow, you never, uh, you're very risky. You never save your game. And because up until this point, I had only saved the game once. I, I saved it before Donald Anderson, right after. And then I saved it right after, uh, right before Rex. Because I played it in like two two stretches of time, yeah. I was a save fiend, and whenever I got to him, he was like, "You're a very paranoid man." 
And he was like, you're cautious. And like, I don't know. And I had a bunch of games on my memory card. I think he said something about DDR, which cracked me up. Because <laughs> uh, I had a DDR save on my memory card. Isaac, did he say anything weird for you? Um, I'm trying to remember. No, I was just the regular save guy. I'm just kind of, gotcha. you know. He was like... What's like that in-between one where like if you don't save a whole bunch, uh, but you also don't ever like you do save sometimes i can't remember i think he says something kind of moderate i think he says something uh, along the lines of what cameron got but not not all the way i guess yeah not like as mm. yeah over the top yeah. fun fact in the twin snakes version of this game instead of like pictures that you can't tell what the fuck they are on the walls um it's actually konami employees pictures dressed up like in suits <laughs> and uh they start laughing at you and one of them is hideo kojima and it, his face just cracks me up when he does the laughing because it's like a shitty like tom goes to the mayor kind of like animation <laughs> um but yeah it's really good so you um meryl gets mind controlled she asks you to bang her and snake says no for some reason and then you have to not kill her and so you can use a stun grenade or you can punch her in the face can you guys guess what i did what did you do? I punched her in the face. Oh, yeah. Everybody in this game. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so then it, like the proper battle starts. And if you are in controller port 2, he can't sense your movements, and you can just lay into him like any other boss fight. Um, but yeah, and then you get this really fucking sad story about how his entire village was burned to the ground, and he could like hear all of their voices and shit. Or he burned the village to the ground, but he was like haunted by their voices for the rest of his life and like was always just like i don't know just really sad story he opens the little hatch for you because he tells snake that you're just like me and like you have no past and no future you're just in it for the killing and he can smell the blood on snake's hands and snake's like dog i don't enjoy this shit i just do it to survive and uh then we go into this little back area and play with the wolves into the caves. So what did you guys think about the little cave section? I got lost. Yeah, I, I got lost. Do. Cameron, what you got? I'm still caught up on uh, Psycho Mantis. I don't know. Oh, what you got? Uh, you need something for Psycho Boy? No, I mean, I, I think this is like a really big turning point for me in the game to where, uh, I don't know, I, I had some problems with the mechanics, but once I kind of got that cutscene from Psycho Mantis, I was like, oh man, like, that was really intense, that was really emotional, that was really awesome to see, and I've never played a game ever uh, up until this point to where it was like, you know, you kind of connect with a boss or like some sort of enemy. Um, I don't know, I, I thought that was really cool, and I think it was like one of the things that kept me going throughout the game, but uh, yeah. No, definitely. I feel like Metal Gear does, at least Metal Gear Solid 1, and I would say maybe the second one does it as well. Um, they do the whole, like, Assassin's Creed, you just killed a boss and he's going to monologue to you until he dies mm -hmm. uh, yeah. kind of thing, but they do it really well to where it doesn't... I don't know, like, I never thought in my mind, like, why isn't he dead yet? Why is he still fucking talking? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Know. Like, I, I really enjoy all the monologues that you get out of the bosses mm -hmm. from the game. I'm I'm jumping ahead again, but um, Fat Man and Two is really is really good as well. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's a really long one, but it's really good. 
Um, no, totally. And I'm glad that you stopped us and pulled us back into that, Cameron, because I, uh, I don't know, kind of for folks to, uh, know a little behind the scenes uh we've been recording for a little while so i was just kind of like cranking to the next thing but i really appreciate uh bringing that back up because i think that's super important um but yeah definitely one of the most memorable boss fights in a video game like period yeah it's fantastic um but yeah so then we end up in these caves kind of difficult confusing caves um there's some wolves fun fact if you wear the box and you stand near the dogs or the wolves they will piss on you, and from that point forward, you can wear the box, and they will not attack you at all, and you I think can just run straight through them. I think it's yeah, only after the it little pees kid. on you, you don't, you don't have to wear the box. Oh, that's right, yeah. Isn't it only the... Um, oh, the baby the li- wolf. The little wolf. Mm. Yeah. The slow wolf, if you will. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't know about that at all. Yeah. And or you uh, just punched the wolves to death like I did. I, I don't know. This, this is like a big problem that I have in video games. Why? Like, what is your thing with punching people to death? Yeah. I didn't want to waste bullets. I wanted to save it for bosses who I then punched anyway. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron, what you got? Spit that game. Oh, uh, just random side note. Like, I, I, I guess maybe because I own dogs in real life, uh, I don't know, killing dogs is such a weird thing in video games. Like, I I feel worse killing dogs than I do, like, shooting humans. Um, so it, it's always a little strange. And, like, whenever I got to that part, point, um, it, it was weird to, like, kill them. But, like, they take way more bullets than they should. <laughs> like I was wondering what you were leading into, and you were not leading into, like, it broke my heart and I cried. And it's like, these motherfuckers <laughs> took... 45 bullets. Yeah, it's like you would, kept killing. you would shoot them and you'd be like, oh, God, thank God that's over. And then, like, they would get back up and that would repeat, like, two or three times to where eventually I was just like, I'm just going to fucking run and I'm going to get bit and I don't even care. But, yeah. I think I read a thing at one point that said, like, the developers didn't want to make them immortal, but they also didn't want to, like, incentivize people murdering animals. So they tried to find like an in between where they were like, "We'll just make it too hard to kill, so that pe- way people won't just kill them." <laughs> whenever, so, whenever I, I was ten, it was really hard to kill dogs in video games, so I didn't ever want to try and kill dogs in the future. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, and mysteriously, Meryl just happens to be at the other end waiting for you. Um, yeah, uh, somehow she. You talked like to her. You talked to her before, and she runs ahead. Yeah, 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 but then she just like completely like teleports ahead yeah like. yeah you have like and and i didn't understand the point of this i thought it was going to come in effect later in the game but like you have a little peephole to the end of the maze or whatever and it's oh, just like yeah. meryl standing there and i always thought that was weird but, yeah i guess it's kind of like the way that they did with the darpa chief and with otacon they're just sort of like here's what you're trying to get to yeah yeah so I don't know. But yeah, so you get to her, you guys go in, and then she does this crazy thing where she's like, no, Snake, it's a minefield. <sighs> I got this, dog. Just follow my footprints. Did you guys do it the way she asked you to, or did you guys... No, I crawled across and collected them. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know about the crawling. And, I didn't uh, either. This was... I know I mentioned it before, but this was like one of the first moments where I really considered quitting the game. Because of how ridiculous it was for her to say, whenever I was in Psychomantis's mine, I saw where the mines were. And to me, that was such a fucking, like, cop-out to say, I don't even want to think about this. 
let's just have it be this way because it's the easiest way to write this part of the game. Um, and that to me was just like really frustrating. I don't know. You, you, you could have thought of a million ways to write this. Just like, ah, I was like fucking top of my class and mind detecting in my school that I've mentioned <laughs> that I went to or in whatever. Cool Japanese high school. Yeah. Well, like I, robot yeah, that, would almost, that would almost yeah, be yeah. better. I, well, she talks no, about know, the, the academy that she went to. And I, I don't know. I feel like with five minutes of having a fucking conversation with your writing staff, you could have thought of a better way than the, the psycho mantis. Like the one thing that I saw in his mind was the minefields. And to me, please keep this out. This was really frustrating to where it's like the one person in this fucking base who wouldn't need to know about the minefields is the guy that can float above the fucking mine. So he doesn't pay any attention to the goddamn mines. And like, absolutely. I, that was just like, why do, you want, why do you want me to cut that out? That's like fine. <laughs> like that's perfectly fine. I feel like it's too like side related, but I, that just frustrated about me. The mines. Yeah. It just frustrated me so much. And then, so, like, she gives this shit explanation for, like, follow me through the mines. Like, here, let's have a little 30-second minigame before a boss fight. And then I do it, uh, and you'll find out later in the actual boss fight that regardless of whether or not you climb over the mines or not, they are gone the next time that you are there. Um, oh, yeah. Which is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's interesting. I don't know if they maybe they cleared the mines when they were trying to go get Meryl's body. Uh, they don't go that far. Oh, that's true. They Which, get the other side. Uh, another thing, I, I think why they had that whole go back and get the sniper rifle is because they couldn't think of an adequate way to remove Meryl's body without changing oh, the story. Though yeah. I will say, even if they made you, I mean, they totally could have done it in like a Kodak call if you think about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so we're skipping ahead a little bit, but I will say, so Meryl's got two different lines of dialogue, depending on if you get blown up trying to do it or if you cheat, um, or if you do it correctly. So if you cheat or you get blown up, she'll say something like, oh, I guess it was too hard for you. Or like, I'm sorry, maybe I moved too quickly or something. Um, but if you do follow her footsteps, she's just like, I wouldn't expect anything, uh, anything less from the legendary solid snake. And they're like, um, <laughs> but yeah, and then, so you're standing there and it's kind of this, like, I mean, if you ever switch to first person before you even go across the minefield, it's like, what the fuck is this ominous hallway to nothing? Mm. And so you're just like, let's stand in the middle of the most open fucking area in the game and let's chit chat for a second. Yeah. And Meryl gets shot by a sniper who is named Sniper Wolf and, uh. She's uh, using her as bait to pull Snake out. And I believe it's around this time that we find out that Meryl is Colonel Campbell's niece. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And the colonel's just like, Snake, you've got to save her. Like, I'm so sorry that I did not tell you this before, but she's my niece and blah, blah, blah. And Snake's just like, fuck, man. Okay. And so you have to go all the way back to the goddamn armory. Is what when I when I was playing it before. This is what almost made me quit playing it. Yes, having to backtrack to the armory to get the sniper rifle. Yep. Anytime I play again, like if it's been a really long time, I'm like, oh, cool, this is great. But anytime I'm like, I beat this game like a year ago. I'm thinking about playing it again. I get to this point and I'm like, I don't know if it's worth it. Do not want. (laughs) Yeah, it's a little ridiculous. What did you think, Isaac? 
Um, yeah, I hated this part, so <laughs> that's... The, <laughs> I actually think I went too far back the first time I was... I, I couldn't figure out where I was I, supposed to go. I don't think you can. I don't Isaac's think you can the go back. Apparently not. <laughs> Isaac's at the dock from the beginning. <laughs> I thought I went all yeah, the way... Still... For some reason, I thought I went all the way back to... Um, Oh, God, I just traced it in my mind, and that is a really fucking long walk. It is. Yeah, if you don't know about the boxes, like, that, that's end of game. It's like, I'm I'm no longer following this kind of shit. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. See, no, see, when I first played it, I didn't know about the boxes. Um, I had no idea until you guys mentioned it. No, so I did it it old-fashioned. Walked my happy ass all the way back to the armory. (laughs) And um, I almost didn't do it. I was super mad that I had to go all the way back there. And it was my dad um, who, like, he gave me a fucking uh, don't give up now pep talk. Like, <laughs> you're playing football and it's the final minute of the, the fourth quarter and you can do it. Pep that's talk amazing. about Metal Gear Solid. Yeah. And that's the reason why I, I pushed through it and kept on playing. Wow. Wow. I have your dad. I want to meet no, that I like dad. Him. I want to meet that real proud dad. Real, real <laughs> proud dad. dad. I, I, I like, I like my dad. I'd like to keep him if possible. I think I'm gonna make a meme. I'm just gonna take a screenshot of like, you know, whenever you pick up the item boxes and it says the name of what it is. Mm-hmm. I'm just yeah. gonna take a screenshot of Snake and it just says like, and it's like PSG one. And then I'm just gonna put like, uh, collected sniper rifle. And then at the bottom, made dad real fucking proud. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, but yeah. So there's just this obnoxious walk back, and uh, which for me at the time, I think I originally whenever I was playing this game, I think at this part I was at my grandparents' house and I brought my PlayStation, mm. and so this was the point where I was like, time to crank up the radio and just fucking get through it, just hustle, because I was just like, this is a nightmare. Yeah. Even even at like nine years old, I was like, God damn it. Well, um, did you uh, did you know about the box? Or did you know? No, I dude, honestly, I didn't know about the box until probably I played through the game a couple times, and then I had like a friend of mine showed me. Mm. Doesn't it kind of doesn't like the description of the boxes like hint to you that you can use it? In that yeah, yeah, it, says yeah, it clearly says like to this location. Yeah, but I totally thought that that was like oh, that's where I collected it from, so I should use the box appropriate to the area mm-hmm. in that area, so that they don't think it's out of place. Yeah, I could see that. I thought it was, like, the inscription of what it said on the box. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I got from it. That's what. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. It was weird. But, yeah, so anyway, you run your happy ass back. Go ahead. Sorry. um, Well, I'm going to say, like, uh, even with the people who ran all the way back, like, even with the boxes. So, like, this point in the game, if you use the boxes, it only took, like, five minutes to get back to where it was. But, like, my problem was not with the amount of time that you spent uh, backtracking. My time with, uh, my my major problem with this, and I, I feel like I've already said this before, but, like, uh, a major part, uh, a major point where I felt like I was, I wanted to quit this game um, was not the amount of time that it took to backtrack, but the, the fact that they put me in such an intense moment and then immediately wanted to pull me out of it uh, was really discouraging. Throw you, yeah, throw you all the way back through everything you've already done. Yeah, and like that that problem comes up times ten later in the game, 
For sure. Uh, I think we all agree on that. Yeah. So like that, just that whole thing was really discouraging. And I, I was really upset that I, I tried to rationalize it as like, they, they couldn't make the map as expansive as they wanted to. So they had to like reuse certain areas. And they, there's even a scene where like, whenever you get the, the PSG one, where you call Autocon and you're like, why did you make me backtrack all the way over there? And he just says, I'm sorry. And then hangs up. I felt like maybe that was Hideo saying, I apologize for this. And oh, maybe there's a t- reasoning behind that. Tell you what, I think Autocon, and this is me totally just fucking speculating. So later on in the game, it becomes apparent that Autocon is in love with Sniper Wolf. Yes. Do you think he sent Snake all the way fucking back in a ploy to, like, try to keep Snake from killing her? Uh, it's probably a stretch. I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a stretch, but it's interesting that it's Otacon who's telling you where the PSG1 is. It is, but when you do call him, because I did have to call him, he is just, like, he sounds really resigned in the fact that he's, like, it's all the way back in the armory. That's where you have to go. And to me, like, that's the resignation. He's already agreed to it. So to call him afterwards and him be like, I'm sorry that it took you so long. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, that's true, too. I don't know. It's interesting. I, I almost wish, I almost wonder. I mean, again, I think it's like a very heated moment. And she's like, fucking Meryl's like crying out, like, help me, help me. Mm-hmm. So maybe if they would have, like, if they wanted you to leave the screen so that they could take her away. Maybe the remedy, and this is me just like Monday morning quarterbacking, but like maybe the remedy would have been to like put the PSG one in the nuclear building, like in the fucked up electrified floor area, or maybe even in like somewhere near, like like in the caves of the yeah, or like not, and so so much so that you had to find it to come back, so that they. Because to me, it like builds like yes, it takes you out of the moment, but at the same time, it's like I gotta get back, I gotta get back, I gotta get back. And so you're just like running and you're like, man, I got to save her. And mm-hmm. I like, I don't know what's going to happen if I take too long. You know what I mean? Like at the time in 1998 when you don't know what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Um, and so like I can see why they did that a little bit. But like I think the distance is so goddamn far that you're like, dude, I just trekked for an hour. Yeah, it, it really pulls you out of the moment that you're in. And I, I, I agree that they kind of did it as a way to get Meryl out of the scene. But I also feel like at this point, the codec was the strongest storytelling point in the game to where it could have been Snake on the thing. Uh, Fuck, I don't want to say it wrong. Uh, Colonel. Colonel. Campbell. (laughs) Campbell. Colonel Sanders. Colonial Sanders. He questions like what's going on with Meryl and just to even visibly see Snape get tense and be like, they're taking her. And then you cut back and she's gone and there's a fucking PSG one in one of the mini barrels that is on uh, scene. Like along the wall. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I feel like storytelling give wise, it to you before you get there. Yeah, yeah, discover that shit before. Like, please don't take me out of one of the three most dramatic scenes in the game because you yeah. can't think of another way to do it or you want to make the game longer because it is a pretty short game. And I feel like maybe they're pressured by people to say like, I need you to make this longer. Like that's possibly the worst way to make that game longer. Well, I think, um, 
that was, I guess, going back to the technological uh, limits of the day because that's how a lot of older games worked, right? They had, because they couldn't fit a lot of stuff onto the disc or the cartridge, they had to reuse maps and whatnot. So um, that's one of the methods that they used to lengthen the game if they couldn't figure out how else to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. I totally would like to see if there was like any sort of interview or any sort of like, I don't know, just anything with the development team to be like, why the fuck did you guys do this? Because like, that's yeah, a why, super interesting. Yeah. Um, real quick to answer the question about, I wonder what Bilbo boy has done. Um, I just want you guys <laughs> to know that he has done everything that pretty much, uh, Cameron, it, he did a cross section of our lives. So besides Metal Gear Solid, he did two games that will be re- very resonant to you, Cameron. He did Grand Theft Auto Vice City, and he did Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. <gasps> so I feel like I feel like this guy was writing guides around the time that me and Cameron met each other. Yeah, that's literally like you coming to the right house and saying like, "Hey, do you want to play Grand Theft Auto Vice City?" And me saying, "No, shut the fuck up. Do you want to play Two Towers?" <laughs> <laughs> so, and this is where I reveal. Let me take off my sunglasses and whip my hair back and forth. I am Bilbo Boy. No, I'm kidding. Oh no, um, that spoilers for next episode. Yeah, for sure. So, post Sniper Wolf, you run back. Meryl's gone, um, and you have this fight with Sniper Wolf. I really quickly want to stop briefly, um, and after this little stop, we'll definitely jump straight into sort of the end of this episode. But Isaac, you told me that you had a lot of difficulty with Sniper Wolf. Did anybody else have difficulty with Sniper Wolf? Yep. Was it like the aiming fine-tuning that was difficult? Uh, No, it wasn't the aiming that was a problem for me. It was whenever you get shot, the like recoil that he experiences uh, was probably the worst part for me. Yeah, that's true. I know that um, if you unequip the rifle really quickly and re-equip it like, right as you get hit, mm-hmm. that like uh, you can avoid it. Yeah, and I, I felt kind of cheated that, like, eventually I figured that out, but I was like, that shouldn't be a mechanic. <laughs> like, yeah, that's also, like, pro tip to reloading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. Uh, yeah. Unequipped and reequipped. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Isaac, uh, was it just the aiming that was a problem? Um, it was, the, I'm, I don't know, I'm really bad at fine-tuned aiming and... Uh, Whatnot. It was that plus I couldn't get the timing right of her um, shots. So I was just, at that point I was beyond frustrated and I was, um, you know, just shooting stuff at her. So I'm loading. I wish you could actually run up. Like if you could like yeah. somehow time it, I wish you could just run up to her and just like punch her so that I could keep my punch game <laughs> strong. Or like they they have like along the hallway, there's those little inlets that you can run and hide. I guess I don't know. Yeah, um, what they're called, but I figured that would play a part in the the uh, the boss battle. But yeah, I I did too. Yeah, I definitely remember after defeating Sniper Wolf that I was super paranoid about what was over there. So I was, like, hiding in those inlets <laughs> while trying to, like, head up there. That's but, Okay, and then at this point, we uh, get to a pretty big moment in the game. Um, yeah, you, this is, like, crossroads. Yeah, this is kind of, like, the midway point of the game, I would say. Um, yeah. So you get captured, 
and you can't do anything about it. And they're like, we're going to fucking kill Meryl if you try and run away. And he's like, ugh. And so they take him in. Snake wakes up. He's on the table. It's If you remember back to the DARPA chief, this is kind of like the flashback that you see is of, mysteriously, the DARPA chief on the same torture table. And you hear them say, fuck, we killed him. So you're like, wait a minute. And so Snake is on this torture table. We get kind of like the iconic, and it comes back two or three times in the series, like first-person view of the lighting fixture, and like mm-hmm. your vision's all fucked up, and you just hear people talking about you, and Liquid is there, Ocelot is there, and I don't remember if anybody else is there. Is it just the two of them? I think so. And then uh, Liquid... Sniper's there. Is she? Oh, that's right, because she's like, I marked him, he's mine, like, don't kill him. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she like... Uh, they leave and Liquid's just like, yeah, don't fucking kill him. And Ocelot's like, I won't, but I'll definitely get him to talk. And you discover that they want the detonation codes for the Metal Gear because now with Otacon freed and the DARPA chief and the arms tech president dead, they don't have the necessary tools to detonate the nuke, which is crazy because that means that their entire fucking like bargaining chip is worthless. Mm-hmm. And Snake can't do anything about it because he's tied up. And so then we enter this torture sequence where Ocelot is telling you about his background, um, how he was known as... Fuck, what was he known as? His name... Shalashaska? Yeah, does he mention Shalashaska or is it a different name? Yeah, he mentions it. I don't know. Okay, and he talks about how he was in Afghanistan um, Mm -hmm. and which uh, we find out about kind of through as the series continues. And... uh, and so he talks. I about, do. I do. I do want to throw this out there. Though they, I don't know if they have explained in the series, but they explain where Shalashaska comes from in five. No, I know. Yeah, and we actually we literally see what he's talking about in five. Spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. Alert, okay. But. Cool. Yeah. I mean, he kind he kind of explains like the background of it, but I didn't. I don't remember yeah. it. Yeah, you see it in the, and it's not really a spoiler because you see it in like every fucking trailer for MGS five right now, but. Mm. But yeah, so like it does get alluded to, and like Ocelot is kind of a big part of the series. So yeah, that's crazy. Um, I, I thought he was a little bit more minor, but then yeah. but then I realized like I was killing every other boss that I came in contact with. Yeah, it's interesting. So, but yeah, so he gets you on the table, and he's like, "Look, we're gonna play this little game." You can submit and be a little bitch, and uh, and I'll let you go, or you can uh, deal with my torture. And so, pro tip: if you submit uh, at the end of the game, Snake uh, rides into the sunset with Otacon, and if you do not submit, Snake rides into the sunset with Meryl. And which one is which one is canon? They're both canon. Okay, because they both that's survive. So. Well, yeah, but that's just so weird. Because I feel like. With the relationships that get built up over the course of the series, I feel like him escaping with Otacon would be more canon. Well, and that's kind of what they make you believe to an extent, because you don't find out until, like, a couple games in that. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway. um, But, yeah, so it's kind of like the same thing that Deus Ex did after the second one. They're just like, fuck it, it's all canon. Like, we're just going to find a way to make it all work. Um, but yeah, so Cameron, I know you had trouble with this. Do you want to tell us about your story with this part of the game? <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you say that it might be king for Otacon to escape with you. Um, yeah. they, they just both survive is all I know. So Yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was one of those things where it was like, 
maybe it would be different if I was playing it whenever I was younger and less accustomed to games. But to me, it was like, uh, if I let her die, like I know I'm not going to get a 100% ending kind of deal. Um, so, I mean, I, I definitely was like, I've got to save her. I've got to make sure that I win this shit. And like, I kept trying and I kept trying and I kept dying. And, uh, my, my wrist started to hurt. Like I, I'm notorious for having problems with one of my wrists for having a, a ganglion cyst in it. And like, I, I couldn't fucking do it. And I eventually like got really frustrated. I really thought about quitting this game because I was like, I, I'd rather not beat this game than get the non 100% ending. Um, eventually I figured out a way to do it. I'm doing it. And whenever I get to the, uh, I guess, spoiler alert, like you, you do it once you're in the cell and then you have to do it again. On the second time that I was doing it, um, my controller stopped responding, uh, because I was mashing my buttons too rapidly. Uh, so I, I actually broke my controller trying to beat this part of the game and I had to like stop the game. I had to take my controller apart and I had to like repop the uh, circle button back in. Um, after doing that, I beat it, but I felt really cheated that a game that was so heavily, heavily built on like, uh, it's such a tactical game. Like you have to, it's more about your mind than your skills. And to me, repeatedly bashing a button says nothing about my mind as, as opposed like, I, I feel like as a mini game, this applies to like a call of duty or a halo game. And I, it felt really out of place to me. Like, this is something you need to do for the true ending of the game. Uh, and that was just one of the many things that frustrated me. Maybe it was, uh, a- um, I'm sorry, just a little tidbit. Maybe it was trying to be meta, and while Snake was being tortured, you were being tortured in a way, right? True, true. So <laughs> that's, how like that that's how I always took it. That's how I always took it because my arm would always hurt like a mother. Yeah. Which <laughs> fast forward, Naomi's like, put the controller against your arm, Snake. I thought that was too short. I wish she gave me a, a long massage. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! God damn it! The thing about the thing about the torture is that that's kind of like another like, not for the story but for items. That's another branch too. Because if you can if you can last for the first time you get tortured, and then you go in for the second time, if you submit, you get the stealth camo after you beat the game. After you beat the game, if you if you manage to do it twice, you'll get the bandana, mm-hmm. um, which gives you infinite ammo. Ah, uh, okay. Um, and you can. Um, and it's real long. Yeah, yeah, it's real long. Um, but you can play through the game with one of them and then do the other one and get the other item the next time. And you'll have both, I think, is that? Yeah, you'll get both. And you unlock Tuxedo Snake. Yep. <laughs> you just play the game wearing a tuxedo. <laughs> and also you can get mm-hmm. Spider-Man colors for the Cyber Ninja. Oh, cool. It's really weird. Or Cyborg Ninja, I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my favorite part, and then we get to my favorite part of the game. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which, um... After the second time you get tortured, if you wait in the cell for a little bit, uh, Otacon shows up, and he brings you, um, 
He brings you the level six card, I think. Yeah. And then he mm-hmm. also brings you Sniper Wolf's handkerchief, which helps with the wolves uh, not attacking you. And um, ketchup. <laughs> and, what, <laughs> and what you're supposed to do is equip the ketchup and lay on the floor so that a guard thinks you're dead. That's Johnny, then, by the way. Which, yeah, Johnny Sasaki. That's Mr. Johnny. <laughs> Um, and then you take them out, and that's how you escape the fucking cell. How did you guys do it? There's a couple different ways you can break out. Um, I think I tried the ketchup thing, but the guard was looking at me, and he was like, ha, 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 you're just faking it or whatever. Yeah, I was, like, oh, was going to say, I love that they recorded like additional dialogue for if you fuck it up, because he's like, hey, wait a minute. You're just playing a trick on yeah. me. Or like some ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. What happened with you, Cam Dog? Um, I tried the ketchup, but for some reason it didn't spill out. You know, like whenever you actually do it, it kind of goes across the floor. That didn't mm. happen, and I guess maybe I, I don't know, maybe I laid down and then equipped it, and like I don't know, certain triggering events didn't happen, but it didn't happen, and then um, and then I got called in again and had to do the torture ship for like a third time. And, like, oh. at this point, I was like, dear God, make this end. Um, but I, I made through it again, and then I tried the catch-up thing again. I tried hiding under the bed, and that didn't work. Um, so, yeah, they, uh, the, the catch-up eventually worked for me. I will say, if you wait for Johnny to go take a shit, because he will inevitably have to take a shit again, <laughs> um, you can hide under the bed, and when he comes back out, he'll be like, wait a minute, what? And he'll like come inside and be like, where the fuck is he? And then you can come out and just beat his ass. Uh, yeah, yeah, see, the ketchup didn't work for me, and then I tried the bed, and then he came in, and I came out, like, as I'm crawling out under the bed, he's like, oh, I see you. And then it just fucking like shuts the door on my face. Uh, and I, like, I think oh, you can okay. wait and he'll like turn around. Oh, okay, yeah. But I don't know. But if you wait, what you can do too is you can keep calling Otacon. And uh, eventually what ends up happening is Johnny will go take a shit and Otacon will come and unlock the door for you. Yeah. And he'll just be like, you're so, free. So no matter how it happens, you do get out with some way, yeah. shape, or form. Which I thought um, was really cool. Yeah. So yeah, you go, you do some, you do some walk in, you go back into the torture room, and you grab your stuff, and then we proceed forward to the hind. Yep. But we're actually going to stop here. Yeah. Before before we go, because you did mention the DARPA chief, can we talk about decoy octopus for like real quick? Yeah. Second? Fuck it, we can dive into it. Because well, do they talk about it later? I I think they kind of like I think Liquid kind of reveals it or Ocelot does later, but I th- also think that some like at this point you sh- you you find kind out of know. yeah because yeah. I think they mention... oh no 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 that does not happen okay I was gonna say I think that Liquid and Ocelot when they're talking during the torture mention like everyone else that Snake has killed and I think they mention like Decoy briefly there. Yeah, they do say Decoy's name and they do mention that um, that Ocelot killed the uh, DARPA chief mm-hmm. through torture but, um, and obviously you see like the body but you don't understand like, they don't allow you at least in the story to understand that, yeah. that is Decoy Octopus. Yeah, yeah. Because I don't, don't remember the only connection. reason why I remember knowing about Decoy Octopus was the fucking manual. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that was. I mean, I think I think we can talk about it obviously at this point because we've talked about it. Well, yeah, yeah, but I think it's interesting that he's the only fucking character in the game besides the people you talk to on the codec that like doesn't have an actual model. Uh, Oh, well, he does. I've never seen what he looks like. Yeah. Well, he has his he has his little art. Yeah, in the manual, but like he doesn't have like a three D. Like, there's not like a game character for him. No, I mean. I feel like I, well, I remember it, seeing something of like they do a flashback and they show him and like he's uh, so so I haven't looked in the manual but he's like a bald dude. Um, they they yeah I mean they do some sort of flashback with him and they have an uh, in-game model. Oh, huh? And he def and he definitely has a model in Twin Snakes. Mm. Yeah, he does. So hold on, I just want to see if there is. I'm not seeing like a decoy octopus in-game model. Huh, that's really weird. I know there's a drawing of him because I've seen it like a million times. But now I'm really worried because... His creepy looking thousand yard stare and his huge ass forehead. (laughs) Yeah, he's got a big head. He's a potato head. He's real real (laughs) creepy. But yeah, so that's pretty much our wrap up spot. I mean, you get all your shit back, which is cool. It's like in a nice little box just like waiting for you. (gasps) But um, there's an addition. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, let's not forget about that shit. BT dubs, but, like you've got a bomb in your inventory. Do you guys remember that? Yeah. No. If you equip your shit and you don't don't go through your inventory, you'll get a call at some point that's just like, oh, I can't remember what it is. I think you try and like go through like a metal detector or something. You do something and something triggers that like you've got something you don't. Uh, it, typically, it wasn't so much a trigger as like uh, I think when the timer hits like one minute, deep through it will call you. And he's like, oh, shit, by the way, check your backpack. You've got a bomb in there. And, like, really lays it out for you. And you can just, yeah. I mean, you just, like, easily, like, okay, I've got, like, a minute on this. And you just throw it away. Whatever. Yeah. But if you forget, you will blow up. Yeah. And if you don't make the correlation later in the game, it's kind of fucking nonsense. Uh, something that happens in some, some water. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. And on that note. On that note, this was episode two, really fucking long episode two of Metal Gear Mondays. It's just a box. No, you fucked it up. <laughs> did I? Sam, you yeah, got to do, do it just now. Just let me do it. This, uh, we, we, have, it we have to try. You got to do it. Says, this has been super long episode of episode two of Metal Gear Mondays. And remember, it's just a box. You have to tell them to remember. Oh, that's right. I can't, I can't let them forget. Never forget. Hashtag. It's, it's just, just a, box. a box. Hashtag. Uh, really quickly, I'm fi- I found an image on Google Image Search, and it has all of the pictures of the Foxhound members that die in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> and it says, it's uh, uh, Psycho Mantis, and it says in big text, killed in combat. Sniper Wolf, big text, killed in combat. Vulcan Raven, huge text, consumed alive by Raven. <laughs> oh my god. And, and then for Decoy Octopus, it just says Fox die. <laughs> oh god. That's awesome. Send, send me that because I want to see consumed by Raven. <laughs> it's amazing. Just a box.